Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Yunkins here, and in today's episode, we're going to cover some vet training tips. So, for vet racers, uh, basically for the sake of the article, um, we'll be referring to any racers, really, that 25-year-old range on up. Um, you know, a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to apply for... You know this um this group of racers and kind of some some things to kind of look at and uh you know some tips that will help you get more out of your racing and get more out of your training especially um but if you're younger you know you've tuned into this uh you know definitely still pay attention take notes um, most of almost all of this is going to apply to you as a racer to some degree um it's a lot of just you know, a lot of the same tips that I've been giving you all along. Uh, we're just kind of condensing it down so that we're translating it to the vet racers, but you're still going to uh, hopefully take away a lot of um, important little details here that you can use as well. Um, so, you know, I myself, like I've trained a lot of uh, vet racers, anybody, like I said, from 25 on up to like 60 some year old racers, you know, I, I know a lot of people, um, you know, may think I just work with like only younger and like pro racers. Um, that's really not the case. I have a pretty wide variety of racers that I work with. So, you know, as far as like the vet racers go, I mean, it could be anyone from sea level vet racers all the way up to guys that, you know, were former pros at one time and they still just like to race and stay in shape and, and stay competitive and just feel good. So definitely been all over the board as far as vet racers. Um, I myself am, I'm in that category as well, so I like to try to enjoy some racing and riding on the weekends just like you guys do, so uh, I'm right there with you. Um, a lot of these kind of notes were stemming off of personal experience a little bit. You'll see here a little bit later, but, um, you know, what, so I think what we really need to talk about today is, like, what's the actual challenge of being a vet racer and staying in shape? Like, you know, like, we get it. You still want to train hard, but yet you're older and you probably have less time to do all the things that you used to do that you'd still like to do. And again, as a vet racer, you might be asking yourself, you know, do I need to train more or harder because I'm older? And because like, I'm not as young as I used to be. So you may be thinking like, I need to do more uh, to overcompensate for my lack of youth, <laughs> uh, you know, so to speak. Or maybe you're thinking, Hey, do I need to train less and easier because I'm older? Like I can't handle as much training. I can't like go as hard in the pain as I used to. Um, you know, those are two really good questions that I'm sure a lot of you have asked yourself. And to be honest, the answer is really neither. Um, what we really need to focus on is being smarter to get the most bang for your buck out of your training. Um, because usually as a vet racers, um, most of us, you know, like we're all working some kind of careers. Maybe a lot of you have families, things like that. Um, you actually have less time and energy to dedicate towards racing so that the time we do have available to go racing, riding and training, you know, we can't really mess around. We have to like go get the most out of it. Um, you know, so kind of a little simple equation, you know, more life priorities that you have on your plate equals less time devoted towards racing. Um, you know, shouldn't be anything groundbreaking there, just a reality of what we're dealing with. So just trying to, you know, you know, paint that clear picture for you that, uh, 
you know, you don't have the same time as, you know, you would be as, um, you know, someone in high school where you just literally go to school and then like you can ride, train, do whatever you want. And then if that doesn't go to plan, you could wake up and do it all over again the next day. Um, you know, we don't have that time in, you know, on our schedule. So when we do go to ride and practice and we go to the gym, you know, can't be messing around. We got to get, got to get this work in. Um, so, you know, all the advice that I've been giving all along, all this advice really applies to, um, you know, our vet racers, even more than, you know, the kids that are younger who are still racing or who are coming up and racing. Cause you know, like you have to be able to follow certain, like we only have so much time, so you can't just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks because you only have so much time to just kind of like guess your way through this. If you're younger and you have youth on your side and you have time on your side, you know, you could do a lot of dumb training and a lot of, you know, things that aren't like great ideas, but you may get some gems out of there um, to where those will still kind of help you. But we just don't have that time on our schedule, um, you know, as vet racers. Um, so, you know, riding, riding is still number one, uh, variable. It's, it always will be. So seat time's always king. So whenever you can get seat time in, get it in when you can, um, you know, it's all basis to base, you know, person to person that kind of changes how much you can actually ride. Um, but definitely if you can still ride, I mean, the good thing is, is if you're a vet racer and you've been racing your whole life, you have a ton of seat time under your belt. So that's a good thing. But you still just want to have enough seat time just so you can feel confident on the bike. You kind of just feel sharp. Um, you know, you can process things easier. And you just feel confident when you go race on race day. Or even if you're just going to ride with your friends, like you'll have, if you have some seat time, like is this going to be that much more of a better experience for racing? So, um, you know, like I always say, you can train as much as you want. But if there's no seat time, then you're not, you know, results are going to be uh, not optimal, uh, so to speak. And, uh, again, we're, we're older individuals. We're hopefully a little wiser. We can use some wisdom when we're kind of navigating our little racing careers, um, as vet racers, you know, some of you, they're more serious. You guys may be trying to go to Loretta's. Maybe some of you are, you know, a level vet racers that compete at a national level, whether it's motocross, off-road, things like that. Or maybe some of you are just kind of, you know, like hit up the local races and, and just kind of have fun and maybe you have kids racing too. So it just kind of keeps you like, you know, allows you to still race a little bit because you maybe have kids that are racing. So, but whatever this, the case may be, like when you're a vet racer, use your experience as your advantage. So do this with your riding, your racing, um, you know, your physical demands. Basically just, you know, take from experience of like, you have to know when to push and when you have to back off. So, you know, when we're a little bit younger, we don't have those kind of indicators to tell us like, Hey, you know, track slick here, uh, should probably back off a little bit and kind of, you know, shift up a gear and kind of, you know, just use some throttle control. Um, it may take somebody a few times to kind of learn them lessons when you're younger, but as a vet racer, you just know, okay, this is slick here. Uh, just take it a little easy. And then once it tacks back up, we'll get back and going. Um, same thing with your training off the bike and, and your gym workouts. You have to know, uh, to kind of take what you can and train hard when you can, but you know, like there's going to be some days where you have to back off. Maybe there's a long stressful day at work and you just get half your workout in, or 
you have to you know back off a couple sets or a little bit of intensity um, those are all real things those are all real I don't want to say problems but just variables and kind of a reality check that you have to understand as a vet rider that sometimes like you're not going to be always on your A game um, when you're training and preparing for racing. So let's get into it. We got, I got five tips for you. Um, kind of already kind of covered a lot, just kind of giving a lot of background to vet racing, why it's important to, to kind of think of, um, to kind of approach it a little differently than compared to when you were 16 through 21. Um, again, nothing really what I'm going to say here is going to be super groundbreaking or new that I probably haven't said in some other capacity, but, um, you know, we're kind of packaging it up here today for you as the vet racer so that you can digest this and hopefully use this to your advantage. Um, so number one, when you are a vet racer, my number one tip for you is to stay fit all year long. And so what this doesn't mean is that like you have to be in peak condition all the time and you know, you have to train hard, hard, hard. It's not what I'm saying, but basically you do not want to take long layoffs as a vet racer. So, you know, ideally two weeks max off the gym, doing nothing after maybe the racing series, like put the bike away, just do nothing, but you don't want to go extend that two week period much longer. Uh, the longer you take to get back into shape after a long layoff, the harder it's going to be. When you're younger, it's easier to just kind of rebound, get yourself just going again. The older you get, it just it becomes more difficult. And, you know, a lot of people lose motivation to get back into the gym when they're older as well. Because you kind of start to understand, you're like, man, this is going to be rough when I get back into it. I'm going to be sore. I'm not going to want to go to work the next day. You're going to feel a little worse than when you were when you're younger and you started to train. So the idea is just basically stay fit all year long. Um, you can kind of reduce things to certain portions of the year. So if you want to back off on some weights, up the conditioning at certain points, if you want to um, back the conditioning off and up your strength training, you could do that. Um, if you want to up, you know, certain portions of the year, if you want to increase, you know, your plyometric shock training, you can, um, you know, or maybe it's just a time of the year where you're just riding more and you're not in the gym as much. That's okay too. But basically the, the idea of just, you know, letting yourself go for a couple months, is not a great idea because it's going to be really rough to get back into shape and going again. Um, so my number one tip is just, you just want to stay fit all year long so that you never basically so that you always feel like you have time on your side. Cause like we talked about before is as a vet racer, Time is never really on our side with racing unless you work some really cool work schedule where you have all this time to yourself. Um, awesome, great for you. But, uh, you know, most of us, we have to work and have, you know, families and things like that. So the time is limited that we get to actually prepare for our racing. So um, you don't want to get behind on your training. So you just basically just stay in shape all year long and you don't have to worry about getting ready because you're always, you know, in a good place. So that's tip number one. It's stay fit all year long. My number two tip for you as a vet racer is to plan your recovery first. So, you know, what does that mean? Basically, like, you know, you're, you're going to have your race schedule for those of you that are actively racing. Um, that's, you know, obviously kind of most important because, like, if it's race day and that's your your series you're doing, 
um, you have no other choice but to ride. But around that, plan your recovery first. So you have to allow, I mean, you don't have to, but it's a, I'm highly recommending that you allow for 48 to 72 hours pre and post race to basically eliminate any hard training. Um, you can add light workouts or recovery days within those kind of windows close to the race, but just kind of like automatically off the rip. You know, if you race on Sunday, allow for Monday and Tuesday as lighter recovery days, and then don't really go have a super hard training until maybe Wednesday. And then again, as the race is approaching, give at least, you know, two days in advance where there's no hard training before your race. Um, what you have to understand is that, you know, as a racer, you have a racing stress and then you have stress of training, you know, off the bike. Luckily you can get some training on the bike too is ideal, but all of that stress is tacking up on top of work related stress. You know, again, maybe you have a family, you have um, responsibilities at home with kids, you have a wife or husband or wife, and then, you know, you, you have a lot of things going on and that's all accumulated stress. Your body doesn't really like separate all that. So it just consumes it all as one stress. So, you know, if you're younger and maybe you're in high school and you're racing, you know, you don't have a whole lot of other stress going on other than racing. So your body can recover a lot faster. And, you know, there's, you know, younger kids that race and sometimes they come home and, and they go racing right away or they go riding as soon as they get home or the next day. And, um, you know, kind of seems like they can never stop it, but because one, they're young and two, they just don't have a lot of stress on their plate. Um, they can handle more riding volume because it's really a trade-off. It's, you know, we only have 24 hours in the day, all of us, and we have to accumulate in time for recovery. Um, because it's just, you know, we only have so much time around the clock and like things will just keep stacking up on each other. So replan your recovery first and then plan your hard days after. Um, also don't stack, try, always try not to stack two hard days in a row. Uh, oh yeah. Back to the 48, 48 hours, 72 hours. Um, after two days, if you're still not recovered, push it to the 72 hours as well. If you need to. Again, that's all just like individual basis, but um, at least 48 hours, but you can push it out to 72 if it was like a really hard race. Then maybe say like the next two days, like work was like really rough and you're just not recovering from the race. It's okay to push that out a little bit. I'm just giving you that freedom of like, hey, you know, I need another day before I go ride hard or I hit the gym hard. And like, that's fine. Take the day, take the recovery. You can always add in more later down the road than vice versa. Um, so yeah, try not to stack two hard days in a row and definitely don't ever do three days in a row. Um, if you're doing three days in a row hard, it's not as hard as you think they are. Um, you know, your performance is going to drop off a little bit, especially after two, that third day is going to be rough. Um, so try to definitely never do three days in a row hard. If you have to do two back to back and you're recovering fine, that's cool. I get it. Like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you know, to have like two full on days really hard. Uh, it's a good idea if you can just put a day in between. We talked about it on the high low model and, um, some of the other episodes too. Um, if you can't do it, it's all good. Just keep going. But, um, you know, 
try to shoot for that first. So that's number two. That is plan your recovery first. All right, so moving on to number three, the third tip will be train what's trainable. So basically just what this means is simply as, uh, you know, choose exercises and methods that are doable for you. So, you know, there's no problem, like there should be no problem resorting to any kind of variation um, in order to get a good training effect. So like you have to understand there's no magical exercises, there's no magical you know, basically the magic's in the outcome of your training. So, you know, for example, like whenever I see people arguing about like exercises versus each other, like the exercises are only important to hit certain movement patterns and to train like the system of your body, which we've talked about before. But once you're training like that system or a movement pattern, um, you know, the exercises and the methods of doing it aren't as important um, as just your overall program. So like, for example, like box squatting versus just a regular squat. Um, neither is necessarily better than the other, than the, than the other one. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, they're both the same movement pattern. Um, but if one allows you to train more effectively than the other, um, then you pick the one that you train that you're better at. It's as simple as that. Like if you're struggling, say on a squat, like, you feel like it gives you a lot of knee pain and it just doesn't, you know, it's just not happening for you. Um, but you like box squatting, then box squat to get the, you know, the right training effect that you need to. There's on race day, there will be no really difference in whether you've done box squatting or squatting. The only difference is just your effort and your execution of the training um, is really what that's going to come down to. Um, same thing as like change equipment if you have to as well. Like if you can't say squat with a regular barbell, but you have access to like a safety squat bar or like a belt squat machine. Um, again, if that's going to allow you to train better, more effectively and get more out of your training, then you just switch things around. You just train what's trainable because as a vet racer, you may have some issues with like your shoulders, your knees. Um, this is kind of part of what number four is going to be about, but you know, you may have some issues as you age, some old injuries that may kind of hinder your performance in the gym. So you may have to like change some things around. And again, so that's why number three, where we wanted, um, the tip is train what's trainable. Um, and don't just keep trying to like pound away at something that's not happening. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to shove a, uh, try to shove a square peg inside of a round hole. Uh, so yeah, that's number three, train what's trainable. So number four, kind of going off of that one is tend to your old injuries. So any old injuries or problem areas that you may have at this point in your life, um, address them often. And whether it's, you need to incorporate some mobility, some rehab, some prehab drills, um, into your training, a good place to put them is in your daily warm up, just so that they're you know, kind of jumpstarting your workouts and you're also getting them in on a daily basis is a good idea. Um, you know, you just want to hit those things often. You want to tend to them. You want to make sure they're feeling good. So, you know, if you have uh, an old shoulder injury, um, you know, do what you need to do to make it feel better and then make sure it's feeling better all the time. Cause if your joints are feeling good and especially if you have old injuries and, and they're not hanging you up anywhere, um, you're definitely going to feel a lot better. Like you're going to feel more confident when you ride. You're going to feel more confident when you're training. So make sure like 
address those old you know injuries if you need to go to physical therapy and get some work done for a few weeks like to make that happen you know do what you got to do so but if your old injuries can kind of go away you're going to start feeling younger you're just going to feel better and riding is going to be a lot more fun um you know can definitely kind of guarantee that um also too like um fortunately we're going to crash at some point too and we want them old injuries you know put to bed as you know best as possible so that uh we don't have to be scared when we crash we can kind of hopefully bounce instead of break <laughs> so um if you're a vet rider you understand what i'm talking about um so yeah that's number four tend to your old injuries and the last one is um don't slack on your nutrition so basically um you know if you need to if you need information on nutrition i have an episode for that but basically my main point here with this tip is that you know you can't get away with the bad habits that you used to have as a kid or when you were younger so when you're younger you can kind of just eat pizza french fries burgers hot dogs all that kind of stuff and just get away with it you would still be able to you know train hard ride hard recover fast it doesn't really seem to matter but as you age you like you can't get away with those same habits you have to adjust them you have to eat like an adult not like a little kid um you know just you have to at least understand that you can follow that as much as you want but at least you have to know like hey if there's a race coming up i need to tighten my nutrition up if i want to feel good uh what i used to do when i was 19 doesn't work anymore i gotta start cleaning things up um as adults we're old enough to drink alcohol so uh, my advice to you is to limit the alcohol consumption and i said limit not eliminate so um kind of just some general rules to kind of throw out for you if you do consume adult beverages um you know really try to avoid the alcohol pre-race obviously so that like 48 to 72 hours before the race is ideal to really make sure you're like shutting it down and hydrating for the for the race coming up definitely no alcohol all week is better is the best is the better option um and then post race i know a lot of guys like guys and girls um (laughs) like to you know partake in some uh, adult beverages um i just highly recommend that as soon as your race is done make sure you start to rehydrate yourself um you know try to get at least like try to start you know get your urine pretty close to uh pale yellow to clear as you can rehydrate as fast as you can and then um if you want to have some adult beverages after that then you know go for it enjoy your time but try not to go from race off your bike take the gear off and start pounding you know beers right away um rehydrate then you can have some beers (laughs) um and then so the whole nutrition thing too like again this is where we're going to talk about where we are in our lives like um this whole concept on nutrition can be a little tougher with a family and you know you have family functions and things like that um so my tip is like if you find yourself like having to hit up fast food places or you know like just your kids want certain foods or you know you have a wife that um you know she wants to eat certain you know a certain way or things like that um, you kind of have to navigate all that stuff. Um, you know, maybe 
you know, maybe people, you know, someone's on like a low carb diet, someone's on, um, you know, like a vegan diet, plant based and things like that. Um, you know, you kind of have to navigate kind of all these things and try to make them work for, you know, yourself as best as you can. But my main things to kind of look at when kind of navigating all these kind of dynamics would be, you know, definitely want to try to avoid the high, the, the fried food. So anything with like high fats in it, anything highly processed, try to stay away from that as much as you can. So if you go like have to go through a drive through, just get like, just avoid the, f- the fried options of everything that you can like so grilled chicken would be obviously better than a fried chicken sandwich um you know try to get something else other than french fries if possible um you know so you want to stick to options like that and to kind of avoid that problem you want to eat as home as much as you can um try to avoid you know restaurants uh it's really hard to eat clean when you go out to eat um i myself when I'll try to make healthy decisions most of the time, but usually when I do go out to eat, I'll just, I kind of just account for it as being a cheat meal and just, I just end up getting what I want anyways. And so you just kind of kill two birds with one stone. And that's kind of where the last part of this is like, you know, you could still have cheat meals in or, you know, and that's fine. Like if you have like, you know, you and the family are going out to to dinner or, you know, it's a date night and you're going out, um, you know, Feel free to enjoy these, you know, moments in your life as well. You just have to use your judgment on how often you're going to use these cheat meals, meals and splurge. Like at some point, like, you know, you have to understand the more cheat meals you have in, the more it's going to hinder recovery, performance, body composition, all these things. So it's really up to you and your racing career. You know, where's the trade off? How, you know, how many times a week do you want to, um, be you know basically you know on your cheat meals and not really caring about your racing so that's up to you uh again i'm not sitting here saying you have to eat like your lance armstrong and you're getting ready for the tour de france but um you know the freedom's really in your hands how far you want to take it so uh those are my five tips let's kind of recap them here real quick number one is stay fit all year long um, stay ready so you don't have to get ready or just don't get out of shape. Number two is recover your schedule your recovery first because as vet racers, we need to recover. We have a lot on our plate. So um, a lot on our plate means more stress. So we have to manage that stress properly so that we can actually train hard and race even harder. Number three is train what's trainable. Um, you know, pick exercises that are doable for you. Train things that are... Um, that's going to allow you to be effective in your training and actually get the most out of your training. Number four is tend to old injuries, whatever that, whatever's hanging you up, whatever's giving you any kind of uh, doubt, any pain, just anything nagging, like tend to that as much as, as often as possible. Um, Get those things fixed, fixed if possible through, um, you know, physical therapy or just doing them on your own or hiring a coach. And, uh, number five is don't slack on your nutrition. Uh, you don't have to be perfect, but you just have to understand that, you know, the bad habits you had, not going to be able to get away with them and to really just kind of use your judgment of how much alcohol you want to consume as an adult and, you know, how often you want to have, you know, cheat meals. So, uh, you know, hopefully these five things will help, you you know, 
to remain safe as an athlete and hopefully you can stay healthy and strong and you can keep enjoying riding your dirt bike. Um, you know, cause at this stage of the game for us, anytime we're 25 years old and on up, um, for us to be able to ride dirt bikes, it's a privilege. It's not, you know, um, it's not really something that we're supposed to do, but we do it anyways cause we like it and we can't give it up. But, uh, you know, so hopefully these will help keep you safe. Hopefully this will help, you know, allow you to have even more fun and, and to be safe and enjoy your dirt bike. So, um, in the meantime, till the next episode, I'm not sure when it'll be or what it's going to be on yet, but, um, in the meantime, you can check out my website, jytraining.com for more, uh, episodes, resources, coaching, things like that. And until next time, see you later.